Girlfriends, episode number 304, What to Do When You Mess Up. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week we're talking about what to do when you mess up. Not that any of us ever does. Just kidding. Of course we do. Let's talk about it. Let's go. Hey, girlfriend, welcome to the newest episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. Thrilled that you are joining me here. You know, this is a special part of every week where we get to connect together on the podcast. And I want to thank you for spending some time here with me. If you're a first time listener of Girlfriends, I want to give you a special welcome. I know I've gotten a lot of new listeners recently who are coming to me from Father Mike Schmitz's Bible in a Year podcast, which is incredibly popular. I think it's still number one. I don't know if it still will be when this airs, but it's been number one for a while now. And it's just a great resolution to make. If you haven't yet made a New Year's resolution, listening to Bible in a Year, at least as much as you can making your way through that. I know some people who did it very successfully in 2021. It's available again, along with lots of resources from ascensionpress.com for 2022. So you're going to want to check out that podcast if you don't already know about it, if you aren't already coming from over there. But if you are, and you're new to Girlfriends, I want to give you a special welcome. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for giving me a try. I hope you're going to like what we share here and want to become a regular part of our Girlfriends community. And those of you who are here sometimes or all the time, welcome back. I'm always happy to connect with you as well. Well, speaking of the new year and New Year's resolutions, we had the show um, right at the start of the year where we were talking about things to give up in the new year. But I honestly feel like I haven't even had a moment to myself consider some of these new year goals. I pre-recorded that episode for the new year. I pre-recorded a New Year's resolution episode for the Catholic Momcast, the other podcast I do for my day job over at catholicmom.com together with Allison Jingris. And I didn't really in actual 2022 feel like I have had a breath until this moment. Yeah, speaking of a breath, I told you last week we were recovering from COVID. That's ongoing, still ongoing. I get out of breath all the time. And this is something that is a considerable source of frustration for me because I just want to dive right back into everything. I just want to get into my workouts. I want to be able to run up and down the stairs without getting winded. I want to be able to record episodes of Girlfriends without pausing, as I just did, to cough and get my wind back. But it's a slow going thing. And I'm trying to learn patience in this process. But a consequence of that has been that I don't feel like I've had a moment to really consciously and with intention go into 2022, think about what some of my goals are. But I thought I'd mention that in case that's you too. You know, maybe you haven't gotten around to making resolutions. Maybe you don't usually, maybe you don't usually set goals, but you thought you might this year and you still haven't done it. I just want to encourage you to know that it's not too late. You absolutely can do that. I'm planning to do it. Planning to spend parts of this week and the coming week setting some real goals and looking at the year month by month and nothing super specific or dramatic, but I always like to be doing my best to make forward progress in the various areas of my life. And so I might still give you a future episode. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do an episode on um, February resolutions for the slackers or the ones who are late coming to it. But if that's you, feel free to send me an email. Let me know what's on your mind and on your heart with regard to New Year's resolutions or how that's going for you. You can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Okay, this week's topic is what to do when you mess up. 
And this actually comes to me, this topic idea came to me from a question I received from a listener just over the weekend. And it really made me sad. It was um, it was a sad email. So I'm not going to share this person's name. Just she shares her initials SB. And um, here's what she wrote. Dear Danielle, I am beyond sad right now. And if I'm being honest, I'm really struggling with complete and total self-loathing. I said some things about my sister-in-law that I never should have said, and now it has gotten back to her. I hate that this has happened. She and I have never gotten along very well, but I hate that I've hurt her, and especially that I've hurt my relationship with my brother as well. I don't even know why I'm writing to you about this, but I feel desperate, guilty, and ashamed, and I don't know what to do. I hate myself. Where do I even start? SB. Okay, SB, I am so sorry you're feeling this way and that you're the cause of your own pain right now. That's an extra layer of pain, I think, is just that knowledge. And um, so I want to address this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this this week's show on this topic, but not just for SB. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this on this topic of what to do when you mess up, because here's the first thing that you need to know, SB, is that everybody messes up, not in the exact ways that it sounds like you did, not the exact details that are always going to match up with other people, but everybody messes up in big ways sometimes. And so we do need to talk about this, what to do when you mess up. And and those feelings that you're very honestly sharing about self-loathing, feeling desperate, guilty, ashamed, hating yourself, I think those are very real temptations to hate ourselves or to grow desperate or to give up that we all experience in times when we mess up. So, you know, when we look at a situation where we've done something wrong, and you're very clear that you've done something wrong here, that we have a choice afterwards. We have a choice with how we're going to deal with it. And these temptations that we're talking about, these feelings of self-loathing, of desperation, of hating yourself, of wanting to give up just because of the guilt and the shame, those are temptations from the enemy. There's no way around it. So, you know, if you think about it, when you're ever tempted to do something wrong, whenever you're tempted to sin, if you think about it in that moment, what what is the evil one telling you? It's no big deal. Everybody does it. You know, no big deal. Just do it. And then oftentimes after we've made that wrong choice or if we're suffering the consequences of that wrong choice or others become aware of the fact that we've made that wrong choice, the script flips, right? And it's like, this is the worst thing ever and you need to feel guilty and ashamed you are worthless. And there's no recovering from it, that it's that serious. It goes from being completely unserious to the most serious thing ever. And we know that Satan is the father of lies. So let's not, let's not, let's just not listen to him. Okay, so let's start here. Whether you've messed up in a big way, as SB is sharing here, and hurt other people in the process, and there's some public element of the embarrassment and shame and guilt that you feel, or if you've messed up in some small way, but it's gnawing at you. We all have these kinds of things. I I just, I've got five steps that I want to talk about here, and these can apply to any way that you've messed up. And let me tell you, when I got your, your email, SB, I could relate immediately because I've very recently messed up in what I feel like was a big way. And no, when you love it, when you all love it, if I shared all the details here, well, I'm not going <laughs> to. Anyway, I won't. Um, but I, I wound up and very recently needing to apologize to a number of people in a way that was very embarrassing to me, very humbling to me, hated every second of it. And yet when I got your email, SB, I thought, 
this is a great opportunity for me to share some of this in a, in a very real way because I've very recently experienced something similar. And we all do. This is the reminder. This is a reminder everyone, everyone listening has messed up even in terribly big ways. This is part of the human experience. We all mess up. None of us are exempt from that except, okay, Jesus and Mary, okay? But everybody else sins. And this is, you know, we're all works in progress. And this is where you find yourself right now. So if you're listening, and you have messed up in a big way, and you're struggling like SB, or if you've messed up in a small way, or if you messed up a long time ago, and you're still struggling with it, let's talk about what you do now. What do we do now? You know, I can tell you don't mess up. (laughs) Don't do the wrong thing. But since that's already happened, let's start with where we are. What do we do now? Where do we go now? Okay, let's talk about these five steps. So the first one I want to say is, if you've messed up, the first thing you need to do is own it. And the person who wrote me this email is owning it. She's saying, I did this wrong thing. And now I'm suffering the consequences. And, you know, so that might mean owning it to yourself. Sometimes we make excuses to ourselves. Even if you want to admit, oh, I did this thing and it was wrong. You come up with, even in your own mind, even if you're not justifying it to other people, even if other people don't even know about the wrong thing. Maybe this is just something that's between you and God. And you're making excuses for yourself. Why it's not a big deal. Why everybody does that. Why you don't need to worry about it. But you need to own it. You need to say sorry, of course, to the people that you need to say sorry to. So in this case, this person sharing this example, and she owes her sister-in-law an apology. She owes her brother an apology. She probably owes an apology to the people that she said these things to about her sister-in-law because she was engaging in gossip with people. And that's a very humbling thing to have to just own it. Because our temptation is always, you know, when we make an apology, we want to follow up with the explanations why we did it. And, you know, sometimes sharing some of those mitigating situations, circumstances can help someone to understand maybe our mindset if they're completely blown away by some wrong thing that we've done, some way we've hurt them. But oftentimes, let's be honest, it's really just done to soothe our own feelings, to make ourselves feel better about it, to excuse it or or explain it away. You know, this is just a very humbling thing to do, to admit that we were weak in a way. I'm reminded of, um, there was somebody in a a group that I belong to online who shared over the weekend in this very humble, honest way that she had messed up um, with regard uh, to a a particular sin that she struggled with in the past, hadn't struggled recently, and then she just did. And she was just really, really just blown away by like, I thought I was over this thing. And it's like, it's a real blow to your ego sometimes to admit, like, I still mess up. Sometimes in these most basic, stupid ways, I still fall prey to temptation. I still sin. I still do things that are wrong. I still hurt people and hurt myself in the process. So I think it's really important to be just open and honest about what you did. And this person who emailed me, SB, it sounds like you're there. You're owning it. At least to me, you are. And to yourself, you are. So really, you need to, you know, apologize to the the people, of course, that are involved in, in what you did wrong. But, you know, I like to reflect on this passage from um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, where St. Paul writes, this is really important if you're struggling with something weak in yourself, if you're feeling tempted to despair because you found this weakness in yourself, something that you thought you were over, or it's a real blow to your pride. It's so humbling to admit that you've got this kind of weakness. Um, this is what he wrote. 
About myself, I will not boast except about my weaknesses. Although if I should wish to boast, I would not be foolish for I would be telling the truth. But I refrain so that no one may think more of me than what he sees in me or hears from me because of the abundance of the revelations. Therefore, that I might not become too elated, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, an angel of Satan to beat me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I begged the Lord about this, that it might leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. I will rather boast most gladly of my weaknesses, in order that the power of Christ may dwell with me. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and constraints for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And again, that passage is from 2 Corinthians chapter 12. If you want to look it up, I really recommend that you have that somewhere at the ready for reading and reflecting on in moments where you feel weak, in moments where you feel tempted to hate yourself because of your weakness, or if you feel tempted to despair of God's mercy because of your weakness, the self-loathing that um, the, the person who emailed describes is an all too common human experience when we experience weakness. And yet this is so powerful, so powerfully important to reflect on what St. Paul writes here, that to be content with our weakness, not meaning we embrace sinful behavior, we embrace all the things we do wrong. No, but don't become discouraged because you find yourself struggling. He's boasting about his weakness because it's in his weakness that the power of Christ is demonstrated. My grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. Now, I don't know exactly what is referred to here in the scripture that St. Paul is struggling with. I've read some different interpretations of it, that it might be his own temptations to sinfulness. It might be um, some person that was persecuting him. It might be some thoughts that were, you know, that he was struggling with, whatever it is. But he begged the Lord to take it away. And God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. And then he says, I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and constraints for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is the paradox. This is the thing that we don't understand. And yet God invites us to turn to him in all of our weaknesses. We can give it over to God and allow his power to be made perfect in our weakness. You know, we just came off the Christmas season. This is this is why he came. Because we we're weak because we mess up. This is why. And so reflect on that. If you're struggling, if you're feeling weak, if you're feeling tempted to despair because of something you've done wrong, some major way maybe even that you have messed up. That God is he's not going to withhold mercy from you. He's so much bigger than all of that. He's so much more powerful than all of that. It's in your weakness that his power can be made perfect. It's a beautiful opportunity, but it does require humbling behavior on our part, meaning owning what you did wrong, saying it out loud, apologizing to the people you need to apologize to, correcting the things that you've done wrong in whatever way you can. So let's move on to number two, share it. So what does this mean? Well, if you've been a bad example to somebody, maybe you need to talk to that person. Even if you didn't directly hurt somebody with the bad thing you did, you do need 
to fix it. You do need to share it. Maybe you're going to share it with um, a close friend of yours. One of the most important ways that you do need to share it if you've done something wrong is going to confession. So if you're Catholic, go to confession. That means bringing your sins and saying them out loud. You know, there's a saying in the 12-step the programs that is, you're only as sick as your secrets. And I, I like to reflect on that, especially with regard to the sacrament of reconciliation, penance, confession, whatever you like to call it, that this is where we take the power away from our sins. This is where we take the power away from evil in our lives by saying it out loud, by laying it bare, saying out loud the things we've done wrong, rather than trying to explain them away or cover them up. We bring them to the Lord and we say them out loud. We don't do this because he needs to hear it. We do this because we need to say it. We need to own it. We need to share it. And this, this is part of it. Like the, the sacrament of confession, of course, it's it's a sacrament. It's part of the, the church. It's, it's a real source of real grace in our lives. And so if you're struggling with a particular sin and you can't believe you did it again and, and you're too ashamed and you don't even want to go and tell anybody about it, you don't want to admit it, know that in the sacrament of confession, when you confess that sin and it is forgiven through the power of Jesus, through the person that's in standing in his place, the priest there in confession, that you get real grace to combat that sin, real strength to combat that sin in the future. In a particular way, it's particular grace for that particular struggle that you uniquely experience. So that's a a real pep talk to get yourself over to confession, even if you're not struggling with something big, but especially if you've messed up in a big way. You need to bring that to confession and get the grace that the sacrament gives you. Also, just pray about it. Surrender this thing to Jesus. So when you mess up in a major way, I totally get it. You're going to feel obsessed about it. And I'm sure this person who wrote me this email is just ruminating about it. It's constantly there. And that's part of it. That's part of the the burden that we carry when we do wrong things is this guilt and the shame and the, you know, wishing we could change it, this kind of ruminating about it after the fact. But confession is a real way to surrender it, to give it over to God and to trust in his goodness. We've talked before about the uh, surrender novena, and I'm such a huge fan of it. I've got to mention it again. If you're not familiar with that one, go check out that recent episode of Girlfriends at the end of 2021, where I shared about four ways the surrender novena can change your life. It's a powerful novena, and I shared there, and I'll, I'll share again that it's one that I'm continuing to pray because I think it's such a powerful thing to remind ourselves every single day to surrender ourselves over to Jesus. And just the words that you repeat in that powerful surrender novena are, oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. It's turning over your life to Jesus, turning over all the wrong things you've done, turning over all the ways that you struggle, turning over all of your weaknesses and your temptations, turning over all of your relationships, turning over your work, turning over your projects, turning over your family, your marriage, your kids, your health turning everything over to him and trusting him with it. So if you're struggling in some major way with some major thing that you've done wrong, you've messed up in this major way, it's important to turn that over to Jesus, to surrender that to Jesus, to share it. Because carrying it on your own and hiding in secret shame about it and ruminating about it and lying awake at night thinking about it, that's just eating away at you. And that's not what God's plan is for you. 
God has big plans for your healing, for your hope, for your joy, for your eternal salvation, for your eternal rejoicing with him in heaven. And this thing, this thing that you've messed up, it's getting in the way if you're holding on to it. So share it, going to confession, getting the grace that's available to you in the sacrament of confession, and then praying about it, bringing it and surrendering it in a very real way to Jesus. So that's the second one. Third one is to make amends in any way that you can. So in this example from the person who emailed where she said things she shouldn't have said about her sister-in-law, you got to make amends to your sister-in-law in some way. And that might be really hard to do. Maybe she's not even talking to you now. Might be hard to do with your brother who maybe is, you know, really hurt and doesn't trust you. Gaining back that trust is a difficult thing. But there may be other people that you need to make amends to. Who did you share this information with? I remember one time where I got a little bit of information and based on that, I rushed to judgment about a person and then shared that judgment with other people and was mortified later when I found out it was completely wrong. And I had gone and shared this, you know, damaging information about somebody in this careless way. And I remember I brought that to confession. And in the time um, the priest told me, you need to figure out how to how to fix this. Who did you talk to about it? And you need to follow up and, you know, fix it. And that was a very humbling thing for me to do. Follow up with these people and say, oh, you know, that stupid thing I told you about that person. Turns out it wasn't even true. And I'm sorry I said it. I never, never should have said it. Never should have jumped to that conclusion and never should have said it for sure. And, you know, so look for ways that you can, you know, be complete in the way that you're making amends. For sure, to any person that you've hurt, any people on the sidelines, any people who might have seen it, any example you might have been, this is very humbling. And, you know, be careful, though, that you don't over-dramatize it. I was talking with a friend once recently, and she was t- telling me about how she was hurt by a family member. Of course, many of us are in that situation post-holidays, right? There were so many opportunities for conflict. Um, and then she found herself, even though she still didn't think she had done anything wrong, apologizing to this person. And she said, it made me realize when I was, when I was reflecting on it and talking to her spiritual advisor about it, that she was apologizing kind of as a way of gaining control over the situation, right? So I just want to use that little word of caution. Yeah, make amends in whatever way is appropriate, whatever way you can, but don't go overboard and over-dramatize it in the hopes of kind of regaining control of the situation, recontrolling your reputation or what people are thinking of you or, you know, just that word of caution. Just in a very simple and humble way, make the amends that you can in whatever way you can. And sometimes you can't. And that's part of the humbling thing that you're going to learn here. Sometimes the damage is just done. I remember hearing, um, gossip is a great example of that. You know, I remember hearing a comparison with regard to gossip of, you know, taking a feather pillow and cutting it open and just shaking all the feathers out into the wind. And then realizing you never should have done that. And then you've got to go back and gather every feather that's gone out into the wind and put it back into the pillow. It's an impossible task. Sometimes it is impossible to make those kinds of clear amends for the things we've done wrong, but making a good faith effort to do it right? Absolutely, we need to do that. So making amends in whatever way you can to whoever you need to. Some of the most humbling times that we need to make amends or ask for mercy is with our own kids. 
where you need to admit you did something wrong and then look for ways to repair that relationship or repair the wrong that you've done. So um, this example of this person who who wrote in about talking about her, her sister-in-law, you maybe can't make a direct amends to your sister-in-law. You can't take back what you said. And so looking for ways that you can feed that relationship, nurture that relationship with your sister-in-law and regain that trust. It's a really important part of that process. So making amends in whatever way that you can. All right, so that's the third one. And then the fourth, learn from it. What can you learn? We talked about how you can reflect on how this happened. Why Why did this happen? Why were you, like, you know, this example of, of gossip about your sister-in-law, for example, why were you, why did you feel the temptation to even say those things? Why do you have a difficult relationship with your sister-in-law? Is there jealousy or competition there? Are there bad feelings that you haven't resolved from the past? Or in any situation where you've done something wrong, ask yourself, what was the first mistake? Not maybe the first giant thing that you did wrong, but what got you there? What allowed you? Because oftentimes we make little errors in judgment, little lapses in our judgment. We make little concessions and those things lead us toward making, you know, providing an opportunity for the big things we might do wrong, the big ways that we might mess up. What was your first mistake? What was, you know, we talk about near occasions of sin as Catholics. What was your near occasion of sin? What did you allow to happen that led you into that situation? Or were you feeling I once heard um, the acronym HALT, H-A-L-T, for a way of kind of reviewing what went wrong before you fell into sin or had a bad interaction with somebody or made a wrong choice about something. So H-A-L-T, were you feeling hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? So, you know, how are, what our mood is can really affect what our decisions are going to be. And then becoming more aware of that. Like what leads me to these situations where I might make this wrong choice? What were all the little things that led to this larger thing? What were some of the little things that uh, about myself or habits I've fallen into that, I, you know, I, I, was, I just tended to overlook because it, I didn't think it was a big deal until all of a sudden I was doing this big thing wrong. And I really regret that. What are the smaller things? What what did that? How can you prevent this happening in the future? That's one way that you can make amends with somebody is if you've done something wrong that hurt somebody, to be clear about the steps you're taking to make sure it's not going to happen in the future. To be clear, at least in your own mind, about how you got to that place where you did that thing and what steps you're going to take to avoid getting back to that place. Did you trust somebody you shouldn't? Were you talking to somebody you shouldn't have even been talking to? Did you allow a conversation to go in a place where it never should have gone? In what ways were you allowing yourself these concessions? In what ways were you just ignoring your own needs, your own mood, your own weak state of mind, whether you were angry about something or feeling lonely or feeling tired or feeling bored or feeling hurt, whatever it is? learn from it. What can you learn from it? If nothing else, learn how much this stinks. Being in this situation, looking back now saying, I wish I had never done that. I really regret this thing. And, you know, burn that into your mind, burn that into your memory. So the next time you're even remotely tempted to do that kind of thing again, or find yourself going in that direction again, you can learn from it and say, 
I never want to do that again. So let's do this other thing instead. Let's interrupt this thought process. Let's interrupt this downward slide to avoid making that big mistake again. What can you learn from it? This is a a great way to turn something so negative into something positive. We're all always learning. We're all works in progress. We're all always growing. And as humbling as it is, because sometimes we like to feel like I've arrived, right? Especially (laughs) after a certain level of experience in your life or you've raised kids or you're at a certain stage in your marriage or parenting or in your work, you like to think that certain things are not going to be an issue for you anymore. And then how humbling it is to have to admit that you've messed it up again. But also that can be part of the learning process. Learning that you're not perfect. What a gift. What a gift to know your place in the universe and that it's not God. We're sinners. We're human beings. We're flawed and we're weak. One other thing you can learn from it is mercy for others. When Jesus talks in the Gospels about the debtor who was forgiven a debt and then that same person who was forgiven the debt goes out and starts to attack someone who owes him much less money. How how upsetting that is for the people that were watching and how they go to the original person who forgave his debt and let him know. And then this person casts him into prison because of this lack of forgiveness and mercy for others. Place yourself in that story. Who are you in that story? We've all been forgiven many debts by God. God has shown us all infinite mercy and love. And we mess up and mess up and mess up again. And yet he still is always ready to forgive us. How many times do we though, out of our own sinful pride, withhold that kind of mercy from others? Let this be an opportunity for you to learn not only how to not do this thing again, but how to learn to be merciful to other people. Learn to be humble in your own state in life to remember that you don't have it all together all the time, that you're a work in progress, and to see others through that lens of mercy, especially in places where you might have been withholding that mercy. How can this be a lesson to you, to growing in mercy, in love, in forgiveness in your life? All right, that brings us to the last step, which is move on. This can be the hardest step of all, right? Especially if you're still ruminating about it, if you're still feeling guilty, if you're still obsessing about this wrong thing you did, this way you hurt somebody, you've messed up in this major way, and you can't stop thinking about it. It is so important that you move on from it. You need to allow yourself to move on from it. Because the enemy is the only one who triumphs when you get stuck there. He wants you to be stuck there. He wants you to think you're never going to be forgiven. He wants you to think you can never improve. He wants you to think you're completely helpless in the face of this weakness. He wants you to think that it's unforgivable and that you can never move past it and never do the great things that God has planned for you to do in your life. Never achieve the healing and growth in your relationships that God has planned for you. And let me tell you, some of the greatest growth and healing, especially in our human relationships, comes out of these major mess ups and getting past them, moving on from them, learning from them, saying you're sorry, asking for forgiveness, and then moving on, allowing yourself to move on. You may have messed up in a major way and the person that you've hurt isn't ready to forgive you. 
That doesn't mean you can't move on. That doesn't mean you're not sorry. That doesn't mean you're not there, ready to have a relationship with that person, if and when they should be ready to forgive you. But it does mean you don't have to be stuck there in that place. It does mean that you can move on and you can be open to the things that God has planned for your future, the great things that God is calling you to do, the great good things that God is calling you to do so far beyond that weakness. Remember that God's power is made perfect in your weakness. Allow that to happen and then allow God to work on you, to use you in your flawed state, in your weakness, in all the ways that you struggle. Allow him to be glorified in your need. That's one of the most beautiful prayers we can ever pray. And it's something I try to remember to pray often is, Lord, be glorified in my need. That might mean that God is glorified in your neediness, that you're, you're turning to him and you're asking for a particular job you want or for a particular health concern you want healing from. But it also means God can be glorified in our neediness and the ways that we struggle and the ways that we mess up. Be glorified in my need, Lord. And that's only going to happen when we can move on from it. We can allow God to do great things still in us, allow God to work in our lives, in our relationships, in our own spiritual life. Allow him in. Allow his power to be made perfect in your weakness. Okay, so those are the five steps that I want to recommend to SB, who wrote in at the start of this episode. And I want to encourage everybody to please pray for SB who's struggling in this way and pray for everybody who is struggling to overcome something wrong that they've done, some major mess up in their lives. And if that's you, know that I'm going to be praying for you in a special way this week. But just to review the five steps for anyone who's messed up, and that is every one of us, we've all messed up. First, own it. Second, share it, especially by going and receiving the sacrament of confession. Three, make amends in any way that you can. Number four, learn from it. And number five, finally move on. If you have something you would like to add to my list of five steps here, or if you have a question you'd like me to consider taking up on a future episode of Girlfriends, I would love to hear from you. You can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. All right, we've got more of the show coming up for you, but first a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ chose corrupt, broken, imperfect, sinful men to be the foundation of his church. And because these broken, imperfect men chose to remain in relationship with Jesus, they became saints. And they were used by Jesus to transform hearts and minds 2,000 years later. I invite you to check out my book, Broken and Blessed where you'll find practical tools to overcome habitual sin, to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and to walk with an imperfect church toward a perfect God who is calling all of us to perfection over time. To order the paperback book or audiobook, Broken and Blessed, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon.
Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share a little bit of listener feedback. But before I do that, I just wanted to remind people that my newest book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, is available in paperback, in Kindle, and in Audible. So an audio version is available. I think I I couldn't even remember if I let you all know before the end of the year that it was newly available in audio form, but it is available on Audible. And I'm excited to share that I was the person who got to narrate the book, did that at the end of last year, and it became available just before the start of 2022. So if you prefer listening to books, I know I do a lot of times I'm able to get other things done or, you know, while you're doing chores or the times when you listen to podcasts, audiobooks can be a great way of doing that as well. So if you haven't yet gotten your copy of Whisper, do check out that audio version that's available on Audible. You can get the link for Whisper at ascensionpress.com, always in the show notes to the Girlfriends podcast, but also it's available at Amazon or your local Catholic bookseller. I like to encourage people to always get copies of my books if you possibly can from a local Catholic bookseller. It's a great way to not only support Catholic authors like me or Catholic publishers like Ascension, but also a local Catholic small business. So do what you can. If you've got a local Catholic bookseller, check it out. And if they don't have a copy of Whisper, ask them if they can order it for you. It's a very easy, simple, quick process for you to do that. So thank you for considering doing that. And I wanted to say thank you to those of you who've been reaching out to me, telling me you've begun study groups with Whisper in the new year. That's a new thing that's happening. Um, Some people did them in the fall, but there are many new groups that are starting in 2022. So if you're interested in doing a women's book club, a women's study with the Book Whisper, there is a companion journal that will really help make that easy for you because it just goes week by week, chapter by chapter, and there are questions for your own reflection and and, and thought process or, or prayer as you go through the book, but also for reflection and discussion in small groups as well. So if you're interested in doing that, just send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. I will be glad to get you a free copy of those reflection um, discussion questions for group use. Okay, and this week I heard from a listener who had reached out to me in the past, Therese. And in the past, she reached out to me um, sharing about her miscarriage experience and that she was looking for ways to share that through writing, um, looking to support other people through writing in especially about pregnancy loss and grief. I shared her question and my answer to it in a show last year, but she has reached out again with a happy update. And so I just had to share this with you. So Therese writes, Dear Danielle, I wrote this email to you almost one year ago, and I just wanted to give you an update. First of all, I heard your feedback on the show, and I wanted to thank you. I've started taking notes regarding my experiences with miscarriage, and hopefully that might one day turn into a piece of writing that I can share with those who need it. Second, I mentioned our fourth pregnancy. The Lord really blessed us, and I gave birth to two identical baby girls on September 27th. I've attached a couple of pictures of them. Their names are Isabella and Francesca. Thank you so much for your prayers and support that you offered in your responses last year. Sincerely, Therese. Thank you so much for that update. And these babies are beautiful. I am thrilled that you shared the photos of your beautiful family with me. Also thrilled that you are following up and working on your writing and potentially sharing that with 
people who really can benefit from your own experience, from your own reflections and um, your own advice and support and encouragement through that grief process, especially when it comes to miscarriage. There are resources that are available for Catholic women, especially one that I always, always recommend is by my good friend, Karen Edmiston, a fellow Catholic writer who I've known for many years. And she did come on Girlfriends to talk about it. Um, But her book is called After Miscarriage, A Catholic Woman's Companion to Healing and Hope. It's really a beautifully, beautifully done book from someone who's been there speaking from experience, but offering healing and hope, just a beautiful message. And, you know, Karen's just a a gifted writer. And so you, you can't go wrong with that resource. I didn't want to mention miscarriage and the struggles that people have with that without also mentioning that particular resource. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes in case anybody needs it. It makes a great gift to somebody that you might know who who is struggling with that experience or for yourself if this is something that you're going through as well. But thank you so much, Therese, for that beautiful, beautiful update. God bless you and your family, those beautiful baby girls. I hope that you're going to have a beautiful 2022 as a growing young family. And that's all the time we have for today. But I want to encourage you, if you enjoy Girlfriends, would you consider sharing it with somebody? A great way that you can help us get the word out about it is by leaving a rating and review at iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those reviews are really important. They really help us to grow our audience here at Girlfriends. So I'm so grateful if you're able to take the time to do that. Or just let a friend know if you've enjoyed this episode or any episode, just send them the link or post it to your social media. It really helps us to get the word out. Word of mouth is so vitally important. And I'm so grateful for all the ways you help encourage, support, and share the work that we're doing here at Girlfriends. But mostly, I'm just grateful that you're here. Thank you so much for being a part of this week's show. You know I love connecting with you here. I know you have many things going on in your life, so I do not take for granted that you are willing to spend a little bit of your time each week with me right here on Girlfriends. So thank you for that. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.